We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Thursday morning, it's game day, uh, and it is time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always on these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? What's new? Uh, are you excited for some uh, more Broncos football tonight? Game day. You know, I've got yeah. uh, I've got JV football at 6 Eastern and then uh, Broncos football at what, 8.30? So when, when I get home, that's when it's yeah. on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to some football tonight. Yeah, it's uh, bad football is better than no football. Um, and, uh, you know, we're both a little bit of gluttons for punishment with our football fandom uh, history. So, uh, you know, you play the game. We'll see what happens tonight. The Broncos are obviously big time underdogs against the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that they have not beaten since week two of 2015 in that really bizarre game where the Broncos marched down the field to make it a one score game. And then Jamal Charles fumbled and the Broncos scooped it and scored. And, um, you know, the defensive lore began to build that season, but it's been a long time uh, for the Broncos since they've beaten Kansas city, never beaten Mahomes, And maybe today's the day, probably not Thursday night arrowhead. Taylor Swift's going to be there. But uh, if, if you didn't know that Scott's, so that's the big news today. We can break that down for an hour. T Swift in the stadium. What are the implications? Um, but uh, yeah, Broncos at arrowhead. Probably the toughest game of the year. What's her favorite Pokemon character? I, I probably I mean, let's get uh, into this. The stuff that I really could absolutely not comment on at all. At least, at least I'm somewhat making educated guesses on the rest of the NFL stuff. But that other stuff, no idea. What's her favorite song? What's her number? I, I I don't know. I'm not a pop fan since like Michael Jackson. Yeah, Thriller. I was in second grade. Yeah, T- Taylor Swift say national phenomena, obviously, and uh, she'll be there tonight. So I don't know. I'm more interested. Is she talented in the at all? Is she? Is she? Is she good? I mean, there's you know the Brit. They went through this Britney Spears phase where they were just promoting people that were mm-hmm. not talented. Is she any good? I think okay. So I'm not the an expert on this by any means. More of a yeah, but you can, instru- you don't have to like music to recognize talent. I think she's a really good songwriter. And I think she writes really catchy little bops. Does she write her own? I believe so. I believe she does write her own music. Um, I don't know if she's the world's most talented vocalist Mm -hmm. ever, but I think she actually does a really good job of writing clever little pop songs. So they're they're catchy and they kind of earworm you. Um, So I'll give her credit for that. And also I think she is a, yes, she is talented. (laughs) 
All right, that's it. That's it. Okay, we're done. We're done. Uh, but anyway, T Swift. No, okay. We'll say hello to everybody in here coming in. Uh, we got Jeremy Shantz and Morning Boys. Game day. It feels like we've entered the sadistic phase of the season. Yeah, if you've watched any of the shows this week, I'm definitely there now. Masochistic. Yes, uh, that's 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 the one. Um, yeah, masochistic. That's self harm. Yeah, self harm on this. So yes, yeah, the it's the uh, the masochistic phase. I don't think I've entered total apathy yet, but I am uh, definitely. You guys can get mad about this. I don't really care, but I'm definitely Scott. I'm definitely at the point now where I'm hoping the Broncos do really tear it down to the point where the results don't matter and they lose enough to get a top four pick um, in the upcoming draft. Honestly, hopefully hoping for a top two pick, but I think top four, there are typically in most draft classes, there are not one. There are only like one to three guys who have a top five grade in the draft. And I think this year there are legitimately four players with top five grades, um, which is, pretty rare uh for the top of a class so hoping for a top uh four pick that would be the two quarterbacks olu fashanu from penn state and yep. marvin harrison jr right um yeah last so. year was good the year before that probably not as much in the top no. i mean last year you could you could go i think you had two top five grades because your year. quarterbacks might not be you know necessarily a top five grade but they got elevated yeah. into a top five grade so you had jalen carter robinson is a top five talent yeah. Um, you know, as far as that goes, uh, Will Anderson's probably a top five grade yes. in most classes. And then after that, you know, tools wise, uh, Anthony Richardson might be, but he wouldn't normally mm-hmm. be a top five. And then no. CJ Stroud is playing like a top five right now. Yeah. Last year, the only two guys that I had with a top five grade would have been uh, Carter and Anderson. But, and it's mm-hmm. just that's because Bijan's position. Right. Um, I didn't even have like, you know, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, his top five grades. Uh, but yeah, and I think the year before you had a, none. I think there was not a single top five graded player in the 2021 draft class or 2022 draft class. So yeah. this year I would no, say 2021 was loaded. Yes, that one had like 12 four or five. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> really take the quarterbacks was, out. Trevor Lawrence is a definite. Um, I would take the other quarterbacks out of the top five. Yeah. Uh, I, I might have put Justin Fields in it though. I, I might have put him in there, yeah. even. Um, but then there was a bunch of guys from Sertan, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Micah Parsons, Penny Sewell, Penny Sewell, lots of guys. Yeah, that was a special draft class, and uh, this looks like it could be a pretty good one too. But uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at talking about masochistic and sadistic. Uh, maybe that makes me a bad fan, but uh, I don't know. Darren Kendall coming in four ninety nine. Thank you, Dad. Uh, we appreciate you. We're still on the hunt for those. Uh, Broncos tickets. He's uh, given me a specific, you know, area of the stadium he wants, the price range, and it's all that. So hopefully, you can find six tickets together. Um, that's that's a hard ask as well, but uh, we'll find. I'm guessing. Unfortunately, I'm guessing after today's game, tickets might drop a little bit again. Uh, Brandon Williams in the house. Are these stars, Scott? Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brandon. We appreciate you coming to the stars. If you got anything to ask us, make sure you he actually did have awesome. a comment involved too. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, and he says, hopefully we can at least keep it respectable tonight. I'll be at the game. Yeah, I hope they keep it respectable. Uh, Kansas City is a great place to tailgate as well, if you haven't done that yet. I mean, it's the Kauffman Stadium, which is the Royals baseball stadium, and Arrowhead share like a giant parking lot, and it becomes a just a giant party there. I will also say, Brandon, take your time trying to get out of there because it is an absolute nightmare trying to leave Arrowhead after a game. I mean, you budget yourself three hours take some time do some laps around the stadium or something because yeah sit down and eat 
Yeah. <laughs> have dinner. Let everybody yep. else leave. Yeah, it is. It is horrible uh, leaving Arrowhead after a game. So hopefully uh, you can plan budget some time there. Maybe sneak in some barbecue. Joey LaGuardia says, uh, did you guys, what did you guys think of the Mark Schlereth comment on our wide receivers? I loved it. Uh, Carl and I discussed it uh, on Tuesday night. Mark has always been a fire and brimstone. Everybody sucks fire. Everybody kind of commenter. I feel when I've seen, it. I'm not in the Denver ethos as far as the local media stuff. Like I don't live there. So I'm not listening to altitude or the fan or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can't really say that what he's always like, but the clips that I've heard have been, you know, Garrett Bowles is the worst tackle to ever exist. And he's an embarrassment to the team kind of stuff. So I always think Mark, maybe a little bit too fire and brimstone for me, but a little dramatic, I don't think Nick. Yeah. A little dramatic. Um, but uh, he is, uh, I don't think he's totally wrong to come at the wide receivers, but I think it's a little bit over the top, but questioning the effort and everything in the, you know, I've already acting like they've accomplished stuff when they haven't in the NFL, kind of the aura that you kind of get from more so Judy than Sutton. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I loved it, but I totally get it. And the thing that ticks me off more is that when guys like Judy and whatnot respond to that, you know, it's Mark's job. You're in there. Ignore it. You're always going to have haters, doubters, questioners. You want to shut them up? Don't get on Twitter and respond to them. Go make something happen on the field. And, and then after you've accomplished it, say, yeah, I mean, you know, we got our haters, whatever, but look what I just did. I mean, social I media beefs are just lame. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
and hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nick. Yeah, they're just, they're just lame. Nobody ends up looking good. You both end up looking like fools. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing I will say now is, you know, when I was building networks and stuff, I always told people, guys, Twitter is your actually your enemy. You give away all of your good stuff on Twitter. Is Twitter writing you a check? No. Now they are. <laughs> so you you start you start asking the question like, you know, Jerry Judy doesn't need the money, the, the, the thousand or so dollars he could pick up from Twix for, you know, his comments and su- section and stuff. But you know what? His social media guy could. That's how he could get paid. I'm going to run this thing for you. I'm, I'll handle your social media stuff, and and uh, you know, let me split the revenue 50-50. Either way, now I start wondering how much of this stuff is contrived. You know, you, you take it. What do they get out of this? What's the benefit of this? With Judy, he's been doing it long enough that we know he's just dude. Put the phone down. Just just stop. But some of it, I think, is also a bit. Not in this case that we're speaking of, but the the engagement monsters out there who are actually generating revenue based on making you mad it's been what talk radio has been doing since the 50s is you know if you don't what have i always said oh i can't stand this guy well then stop listening turn it turn the channel you know Pine, paul feinbaum has been doing the shtick for 40 years yeah you know yeah. If you don't like it don't call him up and yell at him that's what he wants turn it off Yep. And but don't Judy, turn us off. Turn the phone off, dude. Just just stop. You yeah. look, it's a bad look, man. It's a bad look. Go out and put up 200 and say, hey, hope that's better. Kill yeah. them with niceness. Yeah. It's a bad look. Yeah. Especially when you're, and not totally his fault, but especially when you're not really producing to the level that uh, anybody had hoped for. Uh, Donald Willison says, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Um, he says, I thought PS2 would be retained. Justin Simmons, though. Responded to David Youngkin saying, I heard PS2 will be traded. I don't know if any, I don't think PS2 will be traded. We'll get into that here with uh, Graziano's report on ESPN. We got Donald Willison coming in and saying, don't mind Judy and Cortland or anyone else who is ready to leave their walking with their walking papers. Yeah, there's definitely some moves on the horizon without a doubt. Um, Jimmy Smith comes in and says they'd be dumber than a box of rocks to trade Sertan. Yeah, I, I agree with you there to take a very specific circumstance for me to trade Patrick Sertan and that's not happening until the off season uh, for me. If that, if it did come to that, there's no way Scott that I think you're not getting the guaranteed selections or teams are not trading players that would be equivalent to the value of a 23, I can't 24 year old uh, elite cornerback player. So um, there's no way I'm trading Sertan until the off season. If, if it came to that. Yeah. Um, you know, unless again, it's a rainy Gregory situation where it's addition by subtraction. It's like your, your presence is actually hurting this team, which I don't know that that's the case, but it would, it would have to be with Judy would have to be a, um, blow my, the rest of my hair off type of offer, you know, again, but you don't, you just don't know, man. Part of it would be salary. You know, Hey, listen, 
we'll pick up the whole we'll pick up the whole freight on his guaranteed salary next year and we're going to send you a third. Okay, I'm I'm listening. So, it's uh it it they're listening. Let's just let's just put it that way. And I think the price has gone down since the summertime, Nick. Yeah, specifically on the wide receivers. Um in hindsight, they probably should have moved on from those guys. And a lot of hindsight should have, would have like, should the Broncos have been as aggressive with free agents in the off season? Probably not. You probably should have signed like a one year contract, right tackle instead of the massive deals for that Mike. Malinchi. That hurts. Ben powers. Isn't that bad? Honestly, that's an okay contract. Yeah, that one, that it's the Mike Malinchi one. Bad. And Zach Allen, again, you're thinking these guys are young enough that if we have to blow it up, we want these guys to be building blocks of this franchise. Yeah. It's that's really the Mike. We're going one. for. Yeah. For me, it's the Mike McGlinchey contract. Like yeah. you probably should have just signed Andrew Wiley, who has been fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington Commander signed him for like a one or two year deal for like a third of the money of McGlinchey. Granted, I wanted that one two years ago, if you'll remember. I remember. We signed. We resigned with the Chiefs. I'm like, all right, this guy's good. He's cheap. He's good enough. He's even yeah. average, maybe a little bit better than average. And he's dirt cheap. He was making like two. He resigned for three or four. Yeah, stopgap kind of option mm-hmm. uh, on that one. Now, to be fair, Mike McGlinchey has faced the me- music in the media after every single one of these losses, and he seems like everybody loves the dude, McGlinchey. Maybe you're getting as much of the leadership and, you know, that kind of stuff as anything. But, I mean, that contract is hard to get out of for the level of play we've seen so far, even though it has been ticking up over the last couple of weeks, to, to his credit. But mm-hmm. What we'll you're see. hoping I mean, for with a guy with a new team who didn't play at all in the preseason. Yeah, yep. So we'll continue to monitor that uh, makes the Broncos in a weird spot with the tackle position, but uh, cause they they're filled, um, but you can't really move on from McGlinchey. Excel dude comes in and says the Broncos have been so bad that when my son decided at five years old that he likes the bills because they're red and blue, I didn't even care. Oh, that's see, I have a, I have a child on the way and I'm really hoping that uh, by the time they are, you know, understanding of what's going on at about age five, the Broncos are not in this, uh, this hell that we've seen them in, but uh who knows? <laughs> we got Michael Ronquillo saying good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Go Michael. Thank you so much for the stars. You know what else is going on with Michael today? Do you remember? It is his birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday. October 12th. Uh, thank you so much, Michael. And everybody in the chat, wish Michael a happiest of birthdays. One of our biggest consistent contributors to the show. Uh, we really do appreciate you, Michael. Happy birthday to you. Hope you have a fantastic day. Um, Really, really, really do appreciate you. Bama X comes in and says, good morning, Broncos country. Got our guy Chris Jenkins coming in here with a, I think this is a new pick, Chris. So uh, hope you're doing well. Says, morning, Broncos family. A sad game is upon us. I know it's a pipe dream, but maybe we see a complete game played tonight. There is, Scott, I don't know. I don't have the data analysis for this, but it does seem like when you have divisional games, a lot of times like rivalry games, teams that are very familiar with each other, there's an added element of, chaos uh volatility and then you add on top of it it being a thursday night game as well uh travis kelsey has been injured missing time i mean broncos probably still get beat you know by 10 10 plus but i don't think it's there's no chance in heck because weird things happen in divisional games throw the records out in a rivalry game it doesn't it still matters These, it does matter the, the better team's usually going to win uh in this case as you know it, they've been winning a lot mm-hmm. um but yeah, they're, they're closer games. And the thing is, the thing that gets me though, Nick, is, well, look how close we are. We played really close against Kansas City two games in a row. Man, that's two out of 17 games. The table don't lie. 
the standings tell you who you are at the end of the season. Whether you can get up for this game or get up for that game or this team overlooked you or had a bad game week in and week out, that, that's not an indicator of who you are as a team. That record at the end of the season is a pretty good indicator of where you are. You can play Kansas City close, and we expect this to be closer than let me let me do some basic math. Is Kansas City and the Dolphins are they equal close to equal teams? Would you say they're they're pretty much equal? Right now, I might take the Dolphins, but over them, you might. Yeah. They're close. Yeah. Like, give me a spread. Okay, one and a half. Pick them. Yeah. Okay, seventy to twenty. Dolphins equals equals Broncos. Okay, no, we don't expect it to be seventy to twenty. We expect it to be a closer game, theoretically. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't expect a 50 point game, but however, we'll get, to, I do expect it to be Chiefs pretty handily on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my score on this, Nick, just to, you know, for the, the, the uh, we'll blow the teaser here was, I think I've got 37 17 on this one for, for Kansas City. And I got 38 to 20. Kansas well, yeah. City. We're, we're, we're in this yeah. same neck of the woods, but the familiarity, usually means the fear factor is gone that intimidation factor you know when they walk in which isn't as much in the nfl but it's still there you know when you see tyreek hill blow by a guy and you haven't seen him but once in three years it's like oh my god but you know the guys across from you you're not intimidated by their super bowl rings these are opponents you're familiar with and you usually play tighter games so yes and frankly you know the chiefs haven't been a juggernaut yet we're, we're, we're kind of rating the Chiefs a little bit on who we know they can be rather than who they've been. So this game could absolutely be closer and weird things could happen. Unfortunately, Vic, I'm not going that way again because that's what I said going into the Dolphins game. Yeah, it's uh, Chiefs are built interesting. And I guess we can get into that. I do want to say hello to some people here. Dave Glassman says, morning all, happy game day. Albert Knopper's in the house. Good morning to you. Sinji's in the house. Morning, guys. We got our guy Dominique Harmio saying good morning. Nick and Scott in Broncos country. We got Benjamin, the Facebook users. Crazy. Maybe Ben has his Facebook on private. Depends on which one he comes into. There's three Facebook streams that we go to. And Ben, if if you go into the Broncos, the Mile Huddle, Denver Broncos, super fans group, you have to tick a box. We can't see you in there. If you show up in Mile High Huddle, we do see you. And if you show up in the Mile High Huddle podcast, your daily Denver Broncos coverage, we see you. Yeah, that's a... Uh, but the other one's know. a private group. Yeah, so good to see you, Benjamin. Hope you're doing well. Jamal Killing says, good morning, Nick and Scott. Hope you're doing a robot of doom in the house saying, good morning, gents. Broncos are getting prepped tonight to get a public execution. Jesus. Or will they be the ones executing the Chiefs? What if? So yeah, I mean, we got you, sadomasochism going on. We've got executions. This is a violent morning. It is. We woke man. up and chose violence. Hey, gang, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know how it is watching the Broncos. To say the least, you work up a bit of an appetite, but you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs. 
plus all day Sunday. And get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Personally, I'm a big fan of Little Caesars plain cheese pizza, but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I think... got away from Taylor Swift. That made me kind of... Violent, angry. Yeah, this is uh, we'll do well, we can circle back to Taylor Swift as uh, Jeremy likes. We got Kaylee on here says, Yo, hope you're doing well. Malcolm Brown in here from uh, uh, Homer, Alaska. He also says, Can we get a first and a second for Sean Payton? Uh, I don't think you can get a first and a second for Sean Payton at this point. Uh, you maybe can get a second for him, but he's here. Um, he's gonna be here next year. I wouldn't be shocked if he's here for three years uh, at that point, unless we're totally incompetent. Uh, things going on in the locker room next season, but uh, he's definitely here next year. Uh, the owners are going to ride this one out. This was their decision on this one, unlike a lot of those decisions prior. Uh, so they're going to give him a lot, a lot, much longer leash than anyone else. Yeah, you need to take the Broncos to the Super Bowl before you start talking about that. Oh, he really wants to go back to New Orleans, where he's from, or whatever. The Bill Parcell says he wants, really wants him to go take over the Giants. Okay, mm-hmm. not right now. Um, yeah. it, it's not at one in four and the way the things look, it's got to turn around first before. And that happens so rarely that you really can't count on that type of thing. Anyway, what have we thought of like three trades for coaches that we can remember in, in modern history that, that that's happened. Belichick, Gruden and, uh, and Peyton. Yep. And one of them wasn't an active coach. He was in semi-retirement just happened to still be under contract. So doesn't, doesn't happen. Uh, doesn't happen real often. Uh, Troy coming in. Appreciate you, Troy. Says, "Hey guys, I hate the me- media pot stirring culture. Unfortunately, that's what happens when you've got the twenty-four hour news cycle and more channels and content to fill than you can ever think about. Yeah. Us included. We're talking about this because we're we're here, and y'all are interested, and we're talking about it. Content um, machine. And I'm not thrilled with fans who would rather be right about a prior negative take on the team." And remind everyone they are. See, I told you Russell Wilson was washed. It's the only reason I came back into the chat uh, than have their team win. Love your calm discussions. Uh, we love having you here, man. It's a, it's a big help. I hope you can make it to the meet and greet in a couple of weeks. Uh, Nick and I are heading out. That's next week, actually. It I'm is. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> told you I don't think that far ahead, Nick. I'm thinking I got days. a 7.30 a.m. flight tomorrow. That's what's on my mind right now. Yeah, 10 days, uh, the Broncos uh, versus the Packers, and it uh, should be fun. I will say sometimes, you know, Scott and I, I'm definitely guilty of the, you know, a negative take on the team and being like, yeah, we were right to be worried about this. Um, like the uh, the defensive front or the, even the defense down the stretch last season, we're like, yeah, the numbers were pretty terrible down the stretch. We'll see how they look. And I don't think the defensive line has that much talent, honestly. And then we see them unfold this year in a way that I don't think anybody uh, expected, but 
definitely try to keep it calm. We just try to keep it analytical. I mean, that's uh, the, as much as we can. Um, we're trying to understand the why of what's going on. It's not, uh, you know, the uh, emotional empathic response here. It's much more detached and again, analytical. Yeah. And, you know, you've heard me say I, I root for me. Yeah. But not at someone else's expense. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we we've questioned the, the depth on the defensive line, I'm not happy that they're not good enough. I'm not happy for you that they're not good enough, but it's our job to point out. And hopefully a lot of you are here for that, for the takes that say, okay, what's really going on and not just, okay, everything's sunshine and roses here. Yep. It's uh, not, not here to blow smoke or sunshine or anything up. Any ones, you know, what's uh, we're going to, we'll try to do the best we can. We got Facebook users saying, what position are you drafting after the Broncos pick up a quarterback? Doesn't necessarily have to be a quarterback. I think if you're picking in the top two, it would take an unbelievable offer for me to move off of that. Even if you keep Russell Wilson around, I don't care. Uh, you have a chance to get a 10 to 15 year solution at the position. Even if you're burning a couple years of that cheat code, that is the uh, rookie contract. Think about how expensive it is to He's go up and get what's next. Guy. Get your quarterback. What, then what's yeah. next? What wouldn't be next? Honest to God, this is a cheating answer, but the Broncos lack so many foundational players that you just take the best guys you possibly can and try to rank them based on positional value when you do your board. But you can't be looking, I think, singular position. If, if everything is equal, probably then it's the defensive line, whether it be interior or edge, to just have a building block there. But really, just get building block difference makers on this team because right now you have two, and maybe one of them isn't on the team here in 10 days. So you need building block guys. It's it's trust your draft board on this one. Uh, the need is a quarterback of the future. Trust your board, which then starts going. You know, you you rank your board a little bit. You move it around based on positional value, financially, and impact of the game. It's like, well, this kicker is the best damn kicker I've ever seen. Great, he might be a ninety nine on your board, but he's not first. So you you have to weigh those type of things, uh, impact on the game, et cetera, et cetera. But as far as what position are you looking for, frankly? Come, let's see, when's the season over, Nick? So let me just say February 1st. Come February 1st. Week four? Was it whenever the Miami game, the season was over. <laughs> Come February 1st, you're going to need some wide receivers. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to need some wide. You're going to have Marvin Mims, and that might be it. You're going to need some wide receivers. We've already talked about the, the lack of depth on the defensive front. You've got to beef up the defensive front. I think – for the most part, you, you shouldn't have to spend a big pick on a center, and you might be able to come back. Lloyd Cushenberry isn't the biggest problem on this team right now. He's still he's going to be a free agent. I wouldn't be lining up to try and re-sign him. I'd try and upgrade, which shouldn't cost you a lot of uh, capital, either in the form of draft picks or financially. But uh, wide receiver is going to be a big hole yeah. on offense. I think that's going to be your biggest hole on offense. And then on the defensive side of the ball – your front three is just not good enough. That takes premium resources. You need another corner. You're going to need at least one more safety, Nick. Yeah. At least one more, maybe two and another corner. But for me, the biggest priority on this team right now for a premium pick going into the next season after quarterback might be wide receiver. You are correct in that, especially if you're moving on from Judy and Sutton. Uh, the other part is and you can't Patrick. Count on anyway. Yep. Brandon Johnson, I think, is a pretty good number, like four out there, three or four. And I think Mims can be a good two or three, but he's not. I don't think he's ever going to be a high volume guy. So you're looking at wide receiver. 
But I also think, I mean, even though he's played well, Scott, we do have to have the, at least at this point, the hypothetical discussion of moving on from Garrett Bowles and then tackle uh, being a big one as well. I think he's played well enough that you renegotiate the contract, uh, restructure it, and maybe keep him for a bit. 32 next year. You've got to do something. 32, I think, is okay for a tackle. A lot of times, yeah, yeah, it's like you had uh, a lot of tackles play until 36, 37, 38. It's like one of the positions that because you're not getting smaller, you know, and the technique, it's such a technical aspect. As long as you have the overall length, you can, once your athleticism starts to dip a bit, those guys' technique rises. I mean, you see offensive tackles playing 35 plus consistently. In and a league. lot of those guys are gigantic human beings. Bowles yes. isn't. 6'5", 34-inch arm length. 300 pounds. He's not gigantic. But, but you know what I mean? He's not, yeah. he's never been a physically imposing offensive yeah. tackle. That's not necessarily his game. You know, when you get into the guys that have played a really long time and frankly, it's going to come down to the money, you know, mm -hmm. is, is he going to want to take a pay cut? Probably not. Again, mm -hmm. you don't typically want to take a pay cut from your own employer. If I have to go and find the market and find out I have to take a pay cut. So be it. Look at Dalton Reisner. What did mm -hmm. we say Dalton Reisner was worth on the open market? Is it three million? Two, two. I think he signed yeah. for two seven five, prorated to two two point two. Yeah. Garrett Bowles is a ten million dollar left tackle right now. He's he's taken up eighteen. I think he'd probably get about fifteen on the open market. Honestly, he won't get there because they'll either be the way the contract works. But tackles, I mean, there is such a demand for tackles, and I think he's played well this season. Yeah. Honestly, I was we were very critical. Of him. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's certainly a possibility. Um. I do think because of how he's played, he has endeared himself a little bit more to the unit. Uh, and it's hard to find even competent tackles, let alone quality. Uh, so he might stick around the one that's like, you're just, you're married to McGlinchey there. I could see a situation. Let's say the Broncos are picking four and uh, Olu Fashano's there. Maybe you do something where he plays guard for a year and then you move him out. I mean, he is six, six, three twenty-five. That's big enough to be a guard. We'll, uh, we'll find NFL. out how good the relationship is next year when they go to renegotiate or extend mm -hmm. his $20 million cap hit next year. You yeah. can do an extension. Mm -hmm. You take his, his base salary, which is 16. He's got a, a signing bonus. Forget that. That's already done. So it's 16. You turn that 16 into a signing bonus and extend it three years. So now his 16 that he was going to get, let's just round it down to 15 and make it easy math is five. Then give him a three year $10 million, $30 million contract at 10 each, and he's getting 15, and your cap number drops down significantly. Mm -hmm. We'll find out exactly yeah. what his feelings are about the Denver Broncos and vice versa when, when it comes, because there's no way he's playing on that contract next year. There's no, no. way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Away. Pearl Heater coming in saying good morning. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Ryan says, if the Broncos are picking top five, do you grab one of the quarterbacks? I am 99% sure right now. And no, that's too 92% sure that uh, picks one and two will be Caleb Williams and Drake May. I'm not sure which order yet. There's going to be teams that like Drake May more than Caleb Williams. There's just too much buzz about that um, for it not to be a thing. But uh, 
if you're picking one or two, I think you do have to take a quarterback unless you get an unbelievable all-time offer. Like one that I thought of here today, Scott, was like, let's say you're picking at two and Russell Wilson is playing really well and the Vikings are sitting there at four and they offer you four and Justin Jefferson to get up to number two overall. I mean, we're talking like, you know, hypothetical la-la land here, but if you don't have the quarterback, then what does a wide receiver matter? Uh, in that scenario, then I'm, I'm listening, uh, but it's a rare. We'll have to go back. What did the Falcons get when they traded the number one pick that ended up being Jeff George? Because it was a haul. It yeah. was Chris Hinton, who was a phenomenal football player, a pick they used in Andre Risen, and then like another first round pick. What did uh, the Chargers get when they moved off of Phillip Rivers? Uh, those are the type of things you're you're looking at um, at this point to move up those couple of spots. Um, th that those are historical norms and it, it may be more expensive now because even back then, I think they didn't have the con the, the caps on the contracts yet. Yeah. I was just thinking about, you know, the Panthers giving up DJ Moore and two right. first round picks. Um, and so that's, <laughs> you need to send me a blue chip player and a top pick if I'm moving off of one or two. And even then I might not do it still. How's that going to look in a year when we say, Bryce Young was traded for DJ Moore, Jalen Carter, and Caleb Williams. My God. <laughs> Talk about an all-time bad move. Oh, um, my God. And yeah. that's why people don't like giving up draft picks. Is That's why. The future but first. But if Bryce Young turns into your 15-year quarterback, so be it. It's okay. Again, it's not the guys. It's the guys that you get that can't play that kill you. I always think of... Okay, Michael Jordan went third overall, right? You you know who went number one? It was Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay, you didn't get Michael Jordan. You got Hakeem the Dream. But it wasn't the Trailblazers, I think, that got Sam Bowie. That's the one, yeah. That's the one. It's not that you didn't get Michael. You got a, you got the Dream. He's, for my money, one of the most underrated players ever. I think he should be top five, Hakeem Olajuwon. Michael Jordan's a goat. He's number one. You didn't get Michael Jordan. You got Hakeem. You're okay. I can live with that. But Sam Bowie, man, no. So Bryce Young better be a dude. We don't have a lot of love for the uh, the Portland Trailblazers here in Seattle. Let's see. Sonics are bust. Uh, Robot of Doom, also, guys, happy to announce you have one guaranteed Twitch member at the MHH meet and greet. That is awesome. Good to see you. We appreciate you, and we'll uh, be excited to meet you. Dominique Martin says, Nick and Scout K, best podcast in the industry. Oh, thank you. Is it me, or does Russell Wilson play better against elite competition? I'm not sure about that. I mean, have the Broncos even played any elite defenses so far this year? Jets are pretty darn good. And he Jets, didn't play great against them. No, that might that was the worst game of the season. I mean, small sample size. I, yeah. I'd have to go back and actually look at the uh, data on that one. But I don't get that uh, feeling anecdotally, I guess. You, I mean, my, my reflex reaction to that was against the elite teams you're behind. And they're backing off just a little bit and letting you mm -hmm. play a little bit underneath some. You're not jumping out on big leads on them and and, and really dictating. So yeah. that was my again seated. I call it seated the pants analytics. Your your gut reaction. That was my gut reaction to that statement. At least with the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We got Dave coming in saying happy birthday, Michael, from a Falcons fan supporting Broncos for breakfast. We appreciate you, Dave, and we appreciate the shout out birthday to Michael. Uh, happy birthday, Michael. Hope you have a great day today, Michael. Hopefully the Broncos uh, don't bring you down too much. Yeah, thanks, got, Dave. Thanks for thanks for coming and checking out. And I know you've come in a couple times talking about the the Walton Penner group eating uh, Russell Wilson's contract. It's 
it's not just that. It's not like you just, as a Falcons fan, think of Matt Ryan times two. That's what it would be like to move on from Russell Wilson right now. They ended up eating about $40 million in dead cap last year with Matt Ryan. And you know what that did to the Falcons. It's double that next year with Russell Wilson. It would be like having two 40 years. Maybe if you were able to trade and get somebody to pick up $17 million of his dead cap uh, or of his salary, you could knock his dead cap number down from 80 to 65 or so. Still, that's a that's a blow. I think best case for the, the Denver Broncos is get at least one more year out of him. And I know the guaranteed salary, Nick, I know, mm-hmm. but that helps the dead cap so much that you'd almost be willing to pay that off one more year of, of, of Russell Wilson, 2024 of Russell Wilson on the books on the roster would help this team a lot financially. I'm also not against uh, giving that first overall pick second overall pick. If it comes down to that a little time, uh, I know you have a massive bump in guarantees if that happens, but we'll see. Uh, he's playing well enough to keep right now. Probably will never live up to the money, so to speak. But or the trade. I mean, that's is, that's, yeah, that's yeah. gone. Now yeah, you're just hoping to salvage Nick. But just I don't understand. I don't think the the age lines up with the Broncos roster and obvious rebuild. I mean, it's a really tough situation uh, for Denver, and fascinated to see what direction they go. I mean, I'm not envious of whichever general manager. Uh, comes in here because man, it is a tough ask to rebuild this team considering where they are with resources and considering you got cheat codes and Herbert and Mahomes in the division for the foreseeable future. It's a, it's a tough situation uh, in Denver without a doubt, but NFL cyclical um, Broncos had a lot of time in the sun. <laughs> They'll be back one day. White lightning comes in and says sign Kirk cousins in the off season. No way. If the Broncos are moving on from Russell Wilson, it's going to be either Jarrett Stidham uh, for a year and you're really, you know, kind of still pedaling around, puddling around then for your, or it's a rookie quarterback, but signing Kirk cousins is off the table. You don't have the money for it uh, because in that situation, you probably moved on from Russell Wilson and you have a massive dead cap hit. So yeah. Uh, and, and again, that gives a signal, Hey, we're, we're still in this thing. We're going to go to veteran quarterback. No, it's, it's nuke button time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way things are going, we've, we've talked about it for almost a year. Now, probably since the the contract extensions, since Randy Gregory was signed, and we started looking at all these contracts, it's set up that boom, that it's that you're hitting the nuke button for 2024 and and starting over. Um, Kirk Cousins will have a job, no doubt about that one, though. Um, Keith Brogman says, in the spirit of Troy's comment, give us positivity or what we can be hopeful about. Uh, a couple of your really good players are dirt cheap. That's that's something you love. Nick uses the word cheat code. Marvin Mims looks like a future star. He's going to be dirt cheap for three more seasons. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin looks terrific. He's even cheaper. Um, I think you've got him for three years. Uh, I'm not sure on that. I could look that up pretty quick. When you when you sign him to a deal as an undrafted free agent, probably sign him to a at least a two year deal. Uh, I think looks it's four, great. Uh, McGlinchey's playing better. Uh, as he's gotten healthy and getting back into it, the offensive line doesn't look like nearly the problem that it's been. So we talk about fix the offensive line. I think the offensive line is playing better. Uh, and I still think the weak leak on that is the center process is your center. And that's not overly expensive to fix. The, the scary thing is, is, and, and the other thing I would say is you've got f- financial flexibility with a lot of your team that the off season could be fun to bring in 
I don't have to go out and spend 15 million a year on Mike McGlinchey. I don't have to make Ben Powers the highest paid guard. I need competency in 10 spots. And you can do that in the four to 6 million range by getting good professionals. You can do that if your scouting department's up for it and you get a little lucky sometimes. You can go find players to fill gaps and be good professional players because right now you've got too many negatives out there, Nick. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, positive here is that it is much, much, much easier to turn around a defense quickly than it is an offense. Defense, you can do it in two off seasons, really. And all of a sudden you have one of the worst defenses in the NFL could be, you know, top 10. It's you can sign it. You can supplement it with free agents. You can get depth there. Now the Broncos lacking capital makes it harder uh, without a doubt. But defenses are easier to turn around than offense. So, I mean, Scott, do you know who the number we just talked about him earlier, but the worst team, worst defense in football by a wide margin in the 2021 season. So two seasons ago, any idea who that was? It felt like the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> the answer is the Jets. They were God awful on defense. Now they're one of the top three units in football, probably on that side of the ball. So uh, you can turn around a defense relatively quickly. So let, not to talk about the Falcons, but they're a good example in what you're talking mm -hmm. about here, Nick. The Falcons have used three top 10 picks on offense, three in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Haven't gotten a defensive player. They went out. Once they had the financial flexibility to do it, they have a superstar corner. Sound familiar? Uh, Pat Sertan is now ahead of A.J. Terrell. He's even better. Um, they have a really good defensive lineman in Grady Jarrett. Okay, well, well, D.J. Jones is pretty good, and and Zach Allen has a, has a chance. He's I think he's, he's going to be there too. He's ascending. Yeah. So. On defense, dude, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. They took some money. They got David Onyemata, defensive tackle, right in the middle. Not overly expensive. They spent premium money on a difference maker. Nick, what do we talk about all the time? With um, game changers have no positional value. Mm -hmm. If they can change games, I don't care where they are. Fred Warner, middle linebacker, Jesse Bates, safety. They spent big money there. They did on that one. They went out and made a, a sweet, cheap trade for Jeff Okuda. Picked up somebody else's trash and said, go out and get there. They spent mid money on Caden Ellis. Uh, somebody else right in the middle of the defense. They're top 10 right now. Mm -hmm. They are. They're in the top 10 in scoring. And, and this is one of the worst defenses in the last two years. And they're top 10. It can be done. And, and Nick, to your point, when I said biggest needs, looking across offense, the assumption was you were getting a quarterback of the future. After that, the, the offense looks okay. The yeah. offense looks like it's in decent shape for moving forward. It's the defense, coordinator included, that is so light in in talent yeah i mean we did just talk about you know offensive tackle wide receiver potentially having big holes also when we didn't talk about it all but the way this offense has been functioning personnel packages wise i would have to say that uh um the broncos are definitely looking at somebody like uh, a tight end would make a lot of sense i think greg dulcich is probably somebody who uh is a tight end too in my opinion they're probably looking for a true why uh just again given the personnel packages that Sean Payton is using, uh, those would make a lot more sense. Um, but I got some breaking news here, I guess, from uh, DWI guys. Uh, go ahead, Scott, while I uh, look this up to verify on Twitter. Yeah, Ethan comes in and, and uh, helping the chat and helping the show and 
multitude of ways. He's good like that. This is Mike, Mike Garofalo reports the Broncos and defensive end Frank Clark agreed to a pay cut that takes his three and a half million base salary down to the minimum the rest of the way. 841. Sources say Clark gave back 1.69 million in base pay as part of the restructure. Nick, what's this say to you? Um, it says that a trade is imminent. It says he's um, on the way out. Yep. That's... And then Mike Mike adds to it. Clark's future with the Broncos is fluid, but this is the kind of deal players and teams cut when they're about to part ways. Clark was ruled out tonight's game with an illness. Yeah, that's that's what it says to me. Ethan, thank you so much for the help here. It says to me that if I'm making a trade for Frank Clark, I'm only going to pick up the the 841 of his contract. Um and you why okay well why would you do that you don't ha- you don't have to do that anyway because by turning it into a bonus i can count some of that money towards next year i can i can offset some of that dead cap number that you're going to have to pay um with the guaranteed money that he came in but this says to me frank clark is uh is on the way out and boy that that blew up before it even started bleacher report linked the atlanta falcons again sorry to a trade with uh with frank clark they could use a little edge help they're they're still not getting any any pressure any uh any sacks I don't know if if Frank Clark's the answer there. Um, no. He might be the fourth guy in that rotation for the Falcons. Uh, I think they want to go big game hunting and go up to Minnesota and go get Daniel Hunter would make more sense, but this would be a cheap deal, another pick swap type of thing, and uh, and and get the uh, get the Broncos back a little bit of money for next year that they can roll into their salary cap and and maybe move from a another seventh to a sixth that along those lines. But to me, this says Nick, you hit it. Frank Clark's on the way out. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, definitely happening here. Going with the young guys and Baron Browning to be back soon. I think this is something that's happening after the Chiefs game is over. And do want to give a big shout out to uh, Ethan with the $50. Uh, big time helping the show here. Helping pay for, uh, you know, football tickets uh, for me. Looking at this uh, Broncos Packers game. I mean, hoping those, it must be those damn Packer fans. Because the Jets tickets were like, you know, $80, $90 a ticket. And the Packers Broncos ones are like, $200 of tickets. Those mm-hmm. damn cheeseheads. What's going on? Um, Lose they're again. both terrible. Lose one yeah, more che- oh, Packers. Yeah, they they might. They don't look very good either. Austin Ryder, good morning. I made Broncos for breakfast today. Always good to see you. We got Gina Cooper in the house. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well, Gina. We always appreciate you. Lawrence Rivera coming in here saying, what's up, guys? Uh, have to come in here due to breaking my phone and not backing up on my, f- not backing up my Facebook. Damn it, Lawrence. What happened? You got to be better than that. <laughs> I think, uh, Lawrence, I think it's awesome that you would, you care enough about us to jump through hoops to support the show and then do this. I think that's awesome. I hope your phone's okay. You and my daughter mm-hmm. would get into a nice phone spiking competition. Um, I'm going to put hers into a, like a rubber ball or something. So at least it bounces higher and she can catch it on the way back up. So thank you, sir. I, I think that's amazing that you know you're you're willing to 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 jump around like that to to support the show. So thank thank you so much, Lawrence. I don't know my my screen protector is cracked as heck. I don't know if you can. Yeah, not a <laughs> not a good look. Um, that's just the screen protector though. I dropped it while I was climbing a mountain and it fell right just square on a rock at that point. Did its job then? Goodness. Yes, but it's only the screen protector. Um, so. Awesome. Um, Greg Smith, good morning to you, Greg. Hope you're doing well. Always appreciate you coming in and saying hello. We got love seeing all the happy birthdays. We got Mo in here also saying good morning. Mo, it's been super long since we've seen you. Hope you and uh, little Malik are doing well. But d- definitely uh shout out to you. 
always good to hear from you and uh, hope life is going well. Hope you're healthy. Um, Mo's an original OG. So good to hear from you on that one. And Scott, uh, we said hello to a lot of people in here. If anybody else came in and said, hello, I'm sorry, we do need to keep it moving here. Uh, we also got Mr. Roush coming and saying we can keep the same offense upgrade center wide receiver um, and better coaching on defense with three or four new starters. Yeah. Things can turn around relatively quick. The issue is that you're going to have to take away a little bit from the roster already. That's not very good in order to add some of those three or four starters. And you're already pretty low in your draft capital for next year. You traded your second round pick uh, in that Sean Payton deal. You traded your uh, a third round pick. I don't know if it's the saints or the Broncos third uh, to move up for Riley Moss. We've seen zero from so far this season. Uh, didn't really love the trade up for Riley Moss when it happened, but I digress uh, giving up two. You know, two top 120 picks. Uh, but uh, it's, it can happen, but it's still, it's, it's a hard ask to do in one off season where you're at right now, but it's doable. See Mr. Roush and, and, and y'all, when you're asking, give us some good news. You look at this right here. This is doable. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely doable. Um, and you can do this without having to get your quarterback. Again, one more year, Russell Wilson, he's playing good enough that you can start seeing the turnaround with an upgraded center and wide receiver. The names won't necessarily be as good, but what are you getting from your wide receivers now? You know, it's like, okay, well, you you gave up Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy for these guys. They're not as good. Well, they might be more productive. That's what ends up mattering. Better coaching on defense. That's a given that needs to happen. And three three or four new starters, D-line, cornerback, safety, and edge. You look at the guys, you said you've got to replace some there, Nick. All right. You're spending a lot of money on your linebacker core right now. Are you really getting that type of production back you're probably at one of the higher paid linebacking groups uh between Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton uh Jonathan Harris is you've got DJ Jones you've got Zach Allen those guys would be back Jonathan Harris you need an upgrade which wouldn't be that expensive to upgrade there you can take some of the savings and get decent production from your linebacking backing career much cheaper take some of that savings and put it into another defensive lineman put it back in your secondary and get a little lucky in the draft and then go, go bargain hunting. You don't have to overspend, go, go hunting for, again, not for the, the guys that have been released that couldn't play anywhere else. Cause they're playing on veteran minimums, but go get those four or $5 million guys, get four of them in the secondary. And this team could be, you could see improvements quickly. A lot, and again, the bar sets so low right now that you're just looking for that bounce back where the arrow's heading in the right direction. That's the problem, Nick. We keep saying it can't get any worse, but it, at best, it's it's still flat on the bottom. Yeah, there are fish flopping in the mud right now. It's uh, can't go down, but you're just you know in the muck. Money more coming in with the ShamWow pick says uh, we're going to sweep the Chiefs this year. That would be something. Um, <laughs> that would be something indeed. Addison Rychek also in here with the super sticker. We appreciate the support, Addison. And I do want to get into the specifics of this. Uh, Dan Graziano um, report on ESPN. Uh, he says, since we're talking trade deadline, it feels pretty obvious from talking to teams around the league that the one in four Broncos are open for business. They have fielded a lot of calls on their wide receivers in the off season and stood pat in part because of injuries, thin them out at the position. But teams I talked to believe the Broncos will listen to offers for Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, as well as players on the defense. They are not interested in parting ways with star cornerback Patrick Sertan as they see him as a building block and nobody is currently trading for Russell Wilson's contract. But the Broncos and Sean Payton's first season don't look very good and could use some more picks to kickstart a rebuild. Expect to hear some prominent names 
in trade speculation out of Denver over the coming weeks. So the wide receivers, we've talked about a lot. I would think that's happening. Uh, where are you at right now in terms of the the type of compensation? If you had to predict right now, and it's tough to say, but if you had to predict right now, what are you thinking for Sutton and Judy? Fifth for Sutton and third for Judy. And I'm probably around lower on each of those guys. Uh, you're asking for that. I think you're probably maybe, if, especially if somebody's taking the salary, maybe if mm-hmm. f- a six, a five and a six or like a six and a future I'm seven for Sutton. money and money okay. and money. Um, but again, that's just for the rest of the year. Like, yes, we're going to pick up some of their money for the rest of the year, but, and then next year you can just cut Sutton. If you're the other team, you don't owe them anything. Yeah. So it would be kind of a rental. You know, because it'd be a rental and then, hey, well, let's talk about a, a, diff- a contract, a new contract, because otherwise you're not playing on the, the next year of the contract that you got from the Broncos. That's not going to happen. Um, and Judy's next year contract is already guaranteed. That That's mm-hmm. an option. So you've got to negotiate that. That money is guaranteed. I think you're talking about a four for Judy, maybe like a four and a future five or something like that. And I think you're probably talking about a five or six for Sutton right now. We'll, uh, we'll see. We, we will see. I think, you know, you mentioned a showcase game on that. You know, when if, if you can just get a couple flash plays out there, I think a third is within reason on him. Um, there's enough positive feelings and, and he's young enough and the skills are still there that a change. I mean, he needs to be in a place where he can't get away with misbehaving for lack of a better word um you do that at alabama and you're going to get replaced and you're going to get sat and you're going to get your scholarship pulled mm-hmm. you do that at denver as a first round pick well who are you going to put in my place you don't have anybody else you know so a, an up-and-coming franchise you know we keep seeing carolina panthers i don't know if that's the right the right place for him it would be more of a place where listen you can come in here and play or we'll just get rid of you. We don't. We don't need you. You need us. You're. You need to rehabilitate your career, kid. Yeah. And the thing that really stinks in hindsight is the today's yesterday's cost is not today's cost. And uh, the Broncos were holding out for a one for Judy this off season, apparently, and they had offers on the table for a uh, second. And now you're talking about maybe a round three pick, probably more so round four. I mean, we'll see what it looks like in the end. But man, what a massive loss in a potential value there. Obviously that's with hindsight where you're at now. You were hoping to be a contender this off season. That's not there, but man, that one uh, talk about not maximizing your value uh, for where, where you're at. So that one kind of sucks. Any other thoughts on Judy and Sutton? No, those, those are the ones Um, again. And again, it might just be addition by subtraction where, listen, we got to get the guys out of here that don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that about Sutton, but you certainly get that vibe from Jerry Judy, you know, yep. beefing with Broncos legends and stuff. Listen, let them talk again. Just, just stop. It's almost like I'm out of here. What are you going to do to me? I'm not coming back. You're no. I'm not, I'm not playing here anymore. Yep. Uh, Andrew Lampy coming with the stars says, good morning. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, thank you for the support. Um, certainly appreciate it. And, uh, it was good to see you. Um, Colin comes up with a question because this is one I wanted to ask you because I think this is the one we differ on fairly significantly. Asking about Justin Simmons. What's his worth, a second or a third maybe? I think you're talking about probably a three and a day three pick for Simmons at 31 years old with a big contract. No, he's still a really good player, but it's the age aspect for this and the positional value. So, I mean, maybe you get a second from a legitimate contender 
but I think it's probably a third with an assortment of day three picks attached to it. And this is where we differ. I, I just think a 31 year old safety who's got a decent pedigree, but not hasn't proven to be a winner. What's, you know, he's not bringing culture and leadership, so to speak. He's older. He's in a position, not of value. And the Broncos are looking to salary dump on this. They're looking to save some money. I think for me, it's more like a fifth. Wow. I, I, I just, you know, we talk position of value all the time. He's, I just I don't see a game changer in there for a guy that you might use as a rental for half a season because his contract's not going to be there either. You're going to cut him next year because it. Do you want to renegotiate and stay here, or do you want to do you want to hit the free agent market? We're we're good either way. So you're looking at a, a half season rental for a 31, 32 year old safety who spent some time injured. I just don't think he's got much trade value fifth for me man i don't think we've ever been further apart mm -hmm, on that Scott, which is which is okay um mm -hmm. i don't think the the full value of simmons can be appreciated with how terrible the broncos front is right now uh because and also unless you're going back not that you aren't but like safety value and their impact is hard to watch from the broadcast angle you really need to get in there on the all 22 uh to see what their assignments are and see the way they uh cut up the field. Uh, so um, yeah, I think if you're, if you're not getting a third plus more for him, it's better just to keep him and uh, renegotiate that contract. Uh, I can't imagine. Um, he's still, I mean, we just talked about it. There's not, not that he is Fred Warner or whatever, but I think if you put him on a team with much better defensive players around him, you would see that impact more so on the back end. I mean, he is coming off of a uh, leading the NFL in interceptions last season, despite missing like four or five games and safety is also a position that, Unlike cornerback, unlike wide receiver, it is one that ages somewhat gracefully um, because it is an in intelligence instincts position. And he's also big. That's not going away. So I think that uh, if you're not getting a third for him, he's better to be kept in that situation. Yeah. And you'd probably, to do it, um, you'd probably have to negotiate a contract extension before the trade because, mm -hmm. again, it's, it, otherwise it's a rental. You know, and I'm not sending a third for a, a half-season rental for a safety. So you would have to renegotiate because you're not going to pay him. His contract next year is uh, 14 with uh, the signing bonus isn't there, but he's on 14.5 base next year. He's not getting 14.5 on a new team next year. He's not getting out with the Broncos next year. So there's going to be a new contract involved and you would have to renegotiate that in advance because as a, a rental, I don't think he's, he's going to be worth that much. And as you start getting up in age, is he worth a third if you're only going to get him for two more years after this anyway? Maybe, maybe he's a free agent in 2025. I would assume that in a trade, maybe the Broncos eat some of that cap because it would be a post June 1st. So you'd be eating 3.75 this year and 3.75 next year. I could see them eating, you know, four or 5 million in order to get a better pick. But I, I would be shocked if they didn't end up with a top 100 pick for Simmons at 31 years old. The only way we'll know for sure is if they do make a trade and it's third or better. Yeah. Otherwise, we won't know if they turn down a fifth or if they just decide they weren't going to ever trade him or if yeah. they do trade him for a fifth. And and again, they might not. They might not want to do that. Uh, a lot of this is me just thinking that his contract, yeah, he's a free agent after next year, but he's that contract. It's not. I'm not Garrett Bowles sure about this, but I'm pretty damn sure he's not playing on, with the Denver Broncos on that same on that 
on the last year of his contract next year. He's that contract will change in some way. Yeah. Uh, the, so talking a little bit more about defensive players, obviously Simmons is one that stands out. We mentioned Patrick Sertan. The only way I'm moving Patrick Sertan is uh, let's say the Broncos are picking at seven in this upcoming draft and you want to get up to one or two for the quarterback. Then maybe you're pairing Sertan with that seventh overall pick to go get that quarterback. That's the, I mean, that's your ace in your pocket. I don't want it to come to that, but that's the only scenario where I can actually like picture that even being possible. Uh, so I don't imagine that happening. And that's the equivalent of a two first rounders that it would take to even pick up the phone. Yes. For Pat Sertan. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll, that, and, Cause it's going to take you three. It's going to take you three first round picks to get into the top two this year. Yep. So you're giving up like eight and then Sertan maybe. And then uh 2024, third, you know, something like that would then maybe do that. But I, I don't know. I just, I can't imagine um, that happening uh, in the, it, before the off season. We also got Robot of Doom coming back in. Some good place to trade Simmons would be the Lions. They lost their big free agent safety for the year. I would guess they would take a rental for a year. Yeah, he'd be it'd be an interesting one. Uh, standing under the Lions, the Lions are definitely a team that seems like they're up and at it right now. Uh, so, yeah, I would be about that. The Lions are almost in that go for it mode. Uh, mm -hmm. We, we talk, they're they're really good. They're a really good team. And if I hit the day before Halloween, the trade deadline this year is the Halloween and they're sitting there. What are they now? Four and one. Yeah. Four and one, three more games they are sitting there at six and two, seven and one. And they, and it's, they're a safety short. Yeah. Then I would pay a premium. I would overpay a little bit um, for a one year rental for a half season rental on this. That makes a lot of sense because they're, they're definitely in that go for it mode and that'd be good for the Broncos. You know, listen, we're not going, you might be, Go to Detroit, be good for Justin Simmons. Go with a, a team. They love their coach there. Those guys are playing hard. They play good defense. And it would uh would make sense. Yeah. It would make a lot of sense. Um would be curious, you know, a team like the Eagles, a uh, team like the the Jags, or maybe a team like heck, Miami, um, getting out there with uh, Vic Fangio again, who did some really good things with Justin Simmons. I don't know how the relationship is there, but I never seemed like Justin had as much of an issue with Vic as other guys, but maybe that's just because he is smart, intelligent, even keel kind of guy. Uh, Gary Palmer, nine ninety nine says, uh, morning, Nick and Scott. Sorry, not functioning well today. Go Broncos. Well, that's okay, Gary. I hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, get some, some days I wake up not functioning well also. Yeah. Get some rest and we'll hope to see you, uh, see you next week. I know that was the plan. So make sure you're feeling better, dude. Good to good to hear from you. Thanks for thanks for coming in, even though you're not feeling well. That's dedication, man. It means a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we start to wrap up the show here, any other defensive players that stand out to you, Scott? Uh, that could be they say defensive players potentially being moved. Um, we've talked about Frank Clark a tad here today. Uh, obviously Simmons and Sertan as well. Anyone else stand out to you as a potential move piece on the defense? Oh, I mean, people say Jewel, but no. I mean, he's been banged up. Um, it would After be very that, cheap. It'd be like not, a seventh round pick kind of thing. Yeah, and I saw <laughs> I saw someone, one of these publications put Kareem Jackson in there. I'm like, who the hell is trading for Kareem Jackson? Yeah, I'd be shocked about that. He's a, he's a, a I don't mean, again, the war stat, win against replacement, rep, that is against an average NFL player. He's a negative. He's a negative player right now who's old. That doesn't make any sense to me. You can't really afford to get rid of any of your cornerbacks now. And who would they come for? Damari Mathis? 
Um, you know, Sertan, we talked Simmons, Jackson, Jonathan Cooper, no. Um, it'd be Singleton or Jewel, maybe. And who's really giving up anything for linebackers right now anyway? So, no, yeah. I don't see anybody else. Me neither. And uh, just adding on to the news today with the Frank Clark stuff, um, also Field Yates tweets out that uh, Frank Clark's days as a Bronco are coming to an end, per sources, be it via trade or release, the team will be moving on from Clark very soon. Uh, it's the second pass rusher Denver have parted ways with in recent days after they traded Randy Gregory less than a week ago. Um, yes, yeah, so it's coming uh, for that one. Jewel, I think you could probably get a, you know, like flip of a, let's say you send a six this season and you get back a fifth uh, when you move Jewel. I think that's certainly a possibility. Save a little cap and get a little bit more value uh, in the slots. Then everybody can see their guy, Drew Sanders. Uh, we'll see how he does in that situation. You know, get some reps for the young guy and see if he is a viable option for next year. I mean, we have questions and Jewel's gone anyway after this year. So might as well start to get some tape out there and understand what you have waiting in the wings. Uh, the other ones that stand out here for me in this possible situation uh, would be DJ Jones. Potentially he might be your second best defensive player. Uh, obviously injured right now, but you want to see what you have in the depth of the position. Uh, he's a solid, solidly big contract. Uh, that's one that I could see possibly happening there. And then uh, also maybe if he comes back, Quan Williams, but I think Quan Williams just with the injury and stuff, I don't know who would possibly trade for him because we haven't seen him. We don't know what it looks like, but DJ Jones and Josie Jewel are the other defensive guys who stand out as a slight possibility. Yeah. DJ Jones. And I, I shake my head on that, but I'm like, listen, what, what do I always say to, to give up, to get anything back, you've got to give up something you don't want to give up. It's just they're so bad on the defensive line right now. To give him up would be, my God, this defense would be shockingly scary to watch play. Mm -hmm. But he's under contract for one more season, so he's got a year and a half at a fairly affordable rate, to be frank, Nick. I mean, he's yeah. his base salary next year is 9-5. He's a 9-5 player, a 9-5 million player for sure. You don't want to give him up, but that's how you're going to get anything back. Again, we talk talking about a joke all the time about this guy's overpaid. He's always hurt and he's not any good. Trade him. Well, that's not much of a sales job. What do you expect to get back for those guys, man? DJ Jones is a good player. He's affordable. He's got a year and a half left on his deal. That's how you get something in return. God, it would kill this defense. Not that they're playing worth a damn anyway, right? Yeah. Not... Not great. Uh, and uh, we got a, yeah, you're probably talking about a fourth round pick, maybe sending back a seventh or a six uh, for DJ Jones. I think that's what I would be looking for. I'd go higher than that. So you think DJ Jones is worth more than Justin Simmons? I do. Interesting. Because I've got I a good defensive tackle versus a good safety, and I've got a year and a half of cheaper contract versus six months of expensive contract. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I think in a trade market, I think he's worth more. Well, we will see um, if that, if it does come, maybe we won't. <laughs> yeah, maybe we won't, uh, but appreciate everyone coming in. We didn't really talk about the chiefs that much. <laughs> We're already in the total off season modes here. Uh, Denver's going to have a tough game in this one. Kansas city has terrible weapons really, but Denver is missing so many players in the defense that I expect this to be a cruise control game for the chiefs on defense. I expect them to really protect the football and play conservative. And it still really won't matter that much. Um, I think Denver's offense will do enough to keep it competitive. What really is stands out about the chiefs is that their defense is actually pretty good. They have probably one of the more underrated cornerback duos in the NFL In former first round pick Trent McDuffie uh, out of Washington, who's playing really good football right now. 
and Legereus Sneed, former fifth round pick who maybe fourth, who's been awesome out there in Kansas city. So their cornerback duo has been great. You had Chris Jones to the mix as well. Uh, pretty solid uh, linebacking group there. Uh, chiefs defense and interior offensive line is great. Uh, one thing that has been a solid and warm my heart this year is that the sign, the chief signing of Jawan uh, Taylor to left tackle. He's been really struggling out there this year with a lot of penalties and stuff. So watch for that in this game as well. Maybe Nick Benito can get him a couple times, but uh, the chiefs with Mahomes, their interior offensive line and the defensive core that they have assembled here has been pretty good. Uh, so Broncos probably lose this one by 15 plus. Yeah, I think I had 37-17. Their defense has been solid in parts. They've been really good and then maybe not as good against another team. But overall, across five games, they're right around 10 across the board. Passing defense, scoring, rushing defense. So they can afford to sell out and stop something that they think you you can go with. Um, If you think you can run the ball at them, they can sell out and, and do that. They can just play a base and make you be balanced and try and meet them. They're, they're going to be, they're a really good team. I'm not saying anything that anybody doesn't know. Uh, their offense hasn't been clicking that great yet, but they rush for 204 yards against this New York jets defense that, you know, I know the game and I saw the, the, the penalties and all that, but let's look at the stats and how they're going to attack the Broncos. They rush for over 200 yards against the jets. That's a little scary after we just got done talking about this rush defense and without DJ Jones, what it's going to look like. They don't need Patrick Mahomes in this game. Yeah, I mean, to win. They can beat it with rushing and defense. They can win this game with rushing and defense. Luckily, Andy Reid is as close to an air raid coach as there is in the NFL right now. Now that uh, Cliff Kingsbury's out and uh, he likes to run via the pass. Uh, so we'll see how that looks. Maybe that'll happen. Um, who knows? But. Michael Ronquillo comes in again, says, thanks for the birthday wishes. Nick Scott and Broncos country. Go Broncos. Go Michael. We appreciate you. Um, great show today. Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos, Michael. Happy birthday, Michael. Hope you have a great one. And uh, hopefully the Broncos keep it competitive tonight. You know, keep you on the edge of your seat for your birthday. That would be great. Appreciate everyone coming in. You guys were killing it in the comment section. We do appreciate that. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you guys are following us at uh, BFB underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, as well as Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, make sure you are subscribing to Mile High Huddle over on YouTube, liking this show, all the Broncos for Breakfast shows, and sharing them on your social media platforms. It always uh, makes me happy when I see somebody retweet it out on Twitter, or I see it on an Instagram story, or somebody shares it on Facebook. Uh, you guys are really helpful with that. So we always do appreciate that when you guys do that. Uh, any final thoughts, Scott, before we get on out of here? No. Um, the the big one, I guess, is we probably, there's a 90% chance we won't be here on Monday for Broncos for breakfast. We'll be back mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Uh, I'm traveling this weekend. Um, and I, and you were gone on Monday anyway, right? Or are you going I was gonna solo? Be, I'm here Monday. I'm going okay. solo. So Nick will be here solo. I might join. I might not. Sorry. Yep. Uh, I fly out that. Tuesday. I fly out Tuesday morning and then I'm back Monday afternoon. So spending some time in Estes Park uh, with the family. And uh, then Natalie, uh, my wife, is heading back to the Quad Cities for baby shower stuff with family now that she enters the uh, very beginning of the third trimester. Okay. So. Well, good news. Okay. So we got you covered next week for sure. Um, but that said, the reaction game 
the reaction to this game will be tonight. The gut reaction with the uh, the priests will be immediately after the show. Thomas Hall will be here tomorrow. His Legends of Mile High podcast will end up being a reaction to the game, the morning after type. And then Nick and I will see you next week for sure. So appreciate everybody being here. Thanks to all of our contributors, both in the chat, with the likes, with the subscriptions, all of the uh, the super chats and stars. It means a ton to us. This time next week, we'll be on our way to uh, to Denver for the meet and greet. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah, appreciate everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Hopefully, uh, enjoyable game tonight. As always, make sure you guys continue to choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.